Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Marie Noord. the line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nations. We also acknowledge elders past, present and becoming as well as the owners of the lands you're hearing us from. On today's Women on the Line, we chat with the inimitable Manal Yunus, who will do an excellent job of introducing herself in a minute. We chat with her about art, her recent move to Melbourne, and her role as an educator. We also chat about a performance called AMCA, Narratives from the African Diaspora, which she's part of. It will be showing at the Art Centre in Melbourne this Friday and Saturday. We start our chat with Manal describing the work she does and the artist she is. So my name is Manal Yunus and I'm a performance poet, uh, but I dabble in lots of different types of art, uh, including other forms of storytelling, some creative production and so on. I released my first book of poetry called Reap in 2015 and I've uh, started performing just a couple of years before that. I've been lucky enough to kind of travel around the country uh, performing to various audiences to be able to go to Malaysia and uh, represent Australia at the Georgetown Literary Festival and at the moment the bulk of my work is around uh, providing workshops for young people from various communities is kind of like the bulk of my work and then also performing in schools and doing workshops with with kids uh, across the nation. AMCA is essentially a collaboration from young African artists in Melbourne uh, and it kind of looks at the the experiences that we have, the various experiences that we have. We have people in the group who are uh, musicians, who are poets, who are actors, and we're kind of putting all of our skills together to look at everything that we experience. So uh, the experiences vary from like, you know, somebody like myself who's come here at such an early age, you know, and then um, some of the, uh, some of the group have come a bit later, others who were born here, others who are mixed race and so on. And it kind of just explores like the, the vastness of how how we experience life here. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. That sounds incredible. Um, there is like a multiplicity when it comes to African identities in Australia and African diasporic identities in Australia, but there's also quite a specificity in the way we do experience life in Australia. What has it been like working with a bunch of young African artists on an amazing project like this? It's been really great, I think, in summary, just because if nothing else, it just reminds you of how you and your own little group or whatever it is, your community that you've grown up with is not 
the way that everybody else is experiencing being African in Australia. And I think that's really important for us to remember. I think we get so used to, you know, just being the African community, you know, and just having to to be one and always, uh, you know, trying to work out if we identify or if we don't and so on. And, and it's a case of just like recognising our own complexity. And I think we get lost in that sometimes. And so that's probably been the the coolest thing about it, just the conversations that we've had in creating it because we've developed the piece ourselves. So yeah, just getting to know those different experiences. Yeah. I think that's also like comes into conversations about like Pan-Africanism. So mm. I've had this um, really impression of what Pan-Africanism is and that is that, you know, Africans are African and everything in between, including languages and borders and stuff, don't matter. But mm. very recently I learnt that Pan-Africanism celebrates the continent and celebrates the people of the continent in a way that creates solidarity and creates mutual respect and love and all of that while giving people space to be themselves and individuals not only divided by nations that are often colonial borders but by like language groups and tribal Mm -hmm. groups and communities and clans and all of that while also still being able to be African and it feels like to some degree that's what your project is doing. I think so. I haven't actually even thought of it like that, but definitely. And I think that that's probably the best definition that I've ever heard of Pan-Africanism because I I went through a phase where I thought that it was all about that, you know, having to strip everything that makes us different from each other. But that's that's exactly it. It's about celebrating that, but also joining together in those difficult questions and those difficult experiences and like, okay, do we, how do we act in this situation and just kind of like trying to help each other work that out. Like that's that's also been really cool. Like it's a joint challenge, like all these, fa- all these things that we face, but the only re- the only way that we can help each other in moving forward in those is by bringing in our individual experiences and all of that backstory and that baggage that usually we're asked to put away in the name of unity, you know? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Um, so you said you pretty much created and curated this whole event together. Mm-hmm. What was that process like? It's been interesting. It's changed faces so many times. It's changed structures so many times. But now um, it's it's something that's probably like a lot less explicit, a lot more open to to kind of uh, to people's individual understandings. Uh, I think like working with any group, there are so many complexities that come into it. Uh, and all of us are active in our own ways and through, with our own arts. So we come in from very different angles in terms of how we practice as well. But just, uh, you know, there's, there's great leadership happening and it's been great. And I'm really excited to see how it actually looks on the day. So just like on, I'm just trying to visualize how this event will run. So there's different artists who perform in different art forms so there's poets and there's dancers and there's musicians and all of that so can you explain how all of these artists work together to produce this one piece Mm. so I guess we focused on a particular story each and within that you could make it look however you wanted but obviously because it's still a collaboration, it's not entirely yours. You bring it back to the group and and then we develop it and refine it together. But pretty much you, for me, I'm going into it an area that I've never actually done before. I'm not just sticking to what I conventionally do. I use this as an opportunity to expand a little bit. And I think a lot of artists have at the, in the, within the group. I think just by coming up with an idea, putting it to the group, being brave about it, and getting the feedback and then we're just like, okay, let's just put it on the floor. Let's try it. That's pretty much how it's been. And then from there, we've we've just 
touched it up and worked out what works, what doesn't, worked out if it needs to be going in a completely different direction. It's just required a lot of communication. But that's pretty much how we've pretty much just put ourselves into it. Process um, is very important, especially for our communities, African communities or communities of colour um, in Australia. The outcome of a project is, of course, excellent. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's great to celebrate and do all of that. But often the process is some of the most useful stuff, especially for the participants involved. How mm-hmm. do you feel about the process of producing this piece? Yeah, the process is challenging, definitely. And I think that that would be inevitable, but especially when you're talking about your identity um, and especially for me often politics, you know. And so we've had to have some, you know, difficult conversations. We've had um, artists who've been struggling with whether or not they can actually present this thing, like even though they're being completely honest. And so I think that for all of us, it's been a process of just working out how much, how much we can open ourselves up in this space, in a public place where, you know, there's such, it's going to be at the arts centre, so it's anybody can come. Um, and so it's subject to different understandings, to different, to people in different places in their growth. And so us knowing that, but then also being in a room that has all of those different understandings as well. In, in many ways, I feel like it's made me more compassionate, to be honest, just to the different stories and the different experiences because you can go through processes where you start to feel hard especially considering what we have to Mm. face on a regular basis here like you start to feel hard and you don't you don't notice that you're shutting off other people's stories and that's just that's not okay so to suddenly be in a room where it's impossible to do that you have to open up your mind you have to have these conversations I think that process for me has been very deep and personal and I feel like it's been similar for some other artists as well. And I guess that kind of screams um, accountability to me because you're accountable to each other because you want this outcome to be excellent, which mm-hmm. also means that you have to be accountable to yourself, right? And having to decide that actually this is what I'm going to be reflecting, this is what this is what I'm going to be doing, and then that has its own interpretation from other people, and then you have to bring that back to yourself. It seems like mm-hmm. a very like reflective and reflexive process. Definitely. And you're always doing them at the same time as well. So it's, yeah. I think it's really important for us as a community, as like arts lovers, as communities of colour, as African communities or whoever we are, to to be there, to be in those spaces, to, you know, enjoy this art, to experience this art and be one of that myriad of perspectives that you were speaking about mm-hmm. who will be in the audience. And what an amazing opportunity. And I think we're all so excited about that, excited to be able to invite people along to something. And, yeah, it's, just, it's going to be great. It's incredible to be able to see your faces mm. in the streets on posters for a show at the Arts Centre. Yeah. Ah. It's been a crazy feeling for us too. On community radio around Australia, you're listening to a chat with writer, educator and performer Manal Yunus on Women on the Line. Don't forget you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. So in terms of you and your personal art, mm-hmm. I we've known each other for a while and I've seen, um, growth is probably not the right word, but I've seen differences in, in your work in the last few years. I've also seen um, you head in a direction of like educator as well. Um, which is which is incredible. How has this last few years of doing like slam poetry and competition stuff and then writing and putting together the 
collection and then traveling and now teaching and doing all of those things. How has how has that even been for you? It's almost like asking me to to describe how my life has been. I mean, you could, <laughs> you know, like I'm very happy for you to tell me all about your life. Mm, well, you know, in 1994 <laughs> when I was born, no. <laughs> um, it's almost just been about grabbing the opportunities that come, but also being very selective about which ones you take, like recognising when some opportunities, yes, they might be great, but are they adding to your person? Are they adding to who you're going to become as an artist? And so it was probably only in about you know, 20, 2015 that I started really refining what it is that I wanted to do. And while I didn't know what it was, I knew the things that I didn't want to do. And so it was just about shaving those things off. And then I realised that everything that I've kind of geared toward has been education, like in the end. But then also like, you know, I studied journalism and that was very much about, like I remember what I would say, you know, in the beginning of your uni classes when the teacher's like, why do you want to do this? And I was like, because I want to travel the world learning and then sharing what I've learned. And that's pretty much what it's mm. been. And I, even though I'm not going down that career path anymore that's exactly what I'm doing now I'm taking every opportunity to move to learn and to allow that to affect me and then just to share that and not in a way that like I know better or I I have something that you don't know that you should know and that kind of learning it's more of a you know this is what I've got and I love it and I, I want to share it with you because it might do something so. yeah yeah. Amazing. And you've moved down to Melbourne from Adelaide. Mm. What sparked that decision and how are you feeling being here? It's been good. Like Melbourne has felt like home for a long time. So yeah, I kind of moved here just so that there would be more opportunities to collaborate to collaborate with artists and uh, also just to, to have a bit of a change. Because yeah, being in Adelaide, like when you've been there most of your life, um, I love it still. It's still a great city, but you just need to give yourself that room to grow and to be affected by other people and yeah, people who are doing more in your field. And so since I've been here, it's been tough. The hardest things is the whole like renting situation, like Ooh. oof, living out of home yeah. for the first time. Cool. And you kind of put your yeah. life on the line a little bit, or like you put all your vulnerabilities on the line because this person will accept whether or not you will have a place to live. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. It's quite an intense experience. And you're out here giving them like all your documentation, like, you know, your taxes. and It's too much. And I'm like, you know more about me than most of my friends do. and Your income. And they can still reject you. Absolutely, based on fields. Yeah, and also as a freelancer, like nothing I do is really conventional. <gasps> even the addresses I've lived in has not been conventional. And so half the time I don't even know how to fill out the forms, so... I mean, it's it beats that way. It, you know what? Mm. A lot of um, Australian or I guess like just living in mm. this country or living anywhere is not conducive to a freelance lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It is a not easy to to do it. But mm. look at you. You manage. And now you've got a show at the Art Centre. Yes. That we will all be going to because it will be incredible. I wanted to talk a little bit about time, and this is going to be a little bit existential, but there's a little description on the event that mm. talks a lot about past, present, and future encounterings of one another. Mm. Um, and I've, I've actually, in the last year, I would say, thought a lot about time and time being not being linear and all of these things. Mm -hmm. In a performance kind of brief, how do you encapsulate a concept such as the future and time, present that to an audience? You're going to have to come to the show next week to find oh, out. <laughs> you've got to give me something. Is it, can I ask, Is it? Mm -hmm. does it relate to like intergenerational experiences? I think you've encapsulated it in what you said about intergenerational 
uh, ideas or intergenerational conflict and conversations. So you you have a chance to see uh, to see a little bit of that in the show, and I think that that's kind of like how how we explore it. And then also just like because of the different the different ages and the different ways that we tell our own stories. Like some of them are very present, some of them are very much about our own history, you know, and and traveling through the generations, and some of them are about the future and where we're going and so that's kind of how we've explored it yeah Mm. um what do you have going for your future Ooh, first of all really good segue you're so welcome you're very (laughs) you know everyone who's listening is very welcome Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like you were waiting to be acknowledged for that but okay (laughs) Okay. i appreciate that you know me well enough to know that i needed (laughs) some sort of validation so for me a lot of it is very unpredictable I have, uh, I'm open to anything happening. I have a couple of um, collaborations that are very exciting, which I'll be able to tell you about once they're a little bit further in, including with a um, really cool band who are based here in Melbourne. And um, yeah, hopefully another book coming out next year and pushing myself in all different directions. So I've been working on some scripts as well. So see what happens. I was going to ask, like, often people who write and write poetry or write whatever also delve into various different types of writing. So I was going to ask if it was, you know, less poetry or maybe not less poetry, but like you were you were engaging with other types of writing and script writing. I could just see it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Take over the art centre and then take <laughs> over the TV. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, that was women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Amka is a piece that's developed by by all of the African artists that are involved in it. It's been powered by Arts Generator and CoHealth, but some of the key people, the key artists that are in it are um, myself. Uh, you've got Yao Faso. You've got uh, Mazna, who's been great in the art scene and the theatre scene particularly for years. Uh, you've got uh, Izzadine Deng, who's a brilliant filmmaker, or you've got Akimera, you've got Roar, the poet, who's a like great up-and-coming rapper. And we also have some, we've got Momo from Diafrix, who's actually doing all of the, the production in the background. And also Joe Motley, who is not only doing some production, but he's actually in it. And you've got Nyawuda, who's a brilliant actress as well. So, yeah, you've got a little bit of everything. So... What are the dates? Where is it? All of the all of the things because everyone needs to go to this incredible show. Yes, they do. So it's at the Art Centre. In case you missed it earlier on, <laughs> it's uh, opening on Friday the twenty second, and uh, it's on just for the two days. So Friday the twenty second, and then Saturday the twenty third. There are two shows on the twenty third. There's a matinee in the afternoon, and there's an evening show. So those are the only three shows that we're doing though. So really important that you get your tickets for those days. And that's this week. Really, you've only got a few days to get your tickets and to get in there. And you can get your tickets at artcentermelbourne.com.au. And yeah, just look up AMCA. There's also, you can look it up on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. So there's an event and they'll be posting any updates, any anything that you might need to know. But that's about all. It's really simple. Just get online, get your ticket, and then be there. 100%. And if you just happen to be walking around Collingwood, you will see posters everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so take a photo of the posters 
and bring them on the night and show all the amazing artists there so they can be excited. Yeah, and send them to us in the meantime. Like, <laughs> I should have taken a photo. I'm totally regretting that You now. should have. I will, though. Oh, you have time. I will. I will definitely be there. Thank you so much for coming in to Women on the Line, Manal. It has been a pleasure, as always. Thanks Where can people me. find your stuff, though? Uh, just Manal Yunus on Facebook or Manal Yunus Poetry online. That's for my website. So M-A-N-A-L-Y-O-U-N-U-S. And that's across social media, so Instagram and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And cop her book. Yeah. Cop her book. The book is called Reap. Ah. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. You just heard from writer, educator and performer Manal Yunus. If you want to check out AMCA, grab tickets from the Arts Centre website. And if you want to find Manal, she is Manal Yunus on all socials. I would also highly recommend getting your hands on her collection, Reap. is one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email at womenontheline at gmail.com. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au slash womenontheline. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Letik. And the feature song for today's episode of Women on the Line, which is very much fitting to the content, is by the incomparable Nina Simone, To Be Young, Gifted and Black. Thank you so much for listening to Women on the Line. I'm Arij Noor, and I hope you can tune in again next time. Yours is the quest that's just begun. When you-